Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Lease Podcast. Today's show brought to you by Rock Auto. RockAuto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com. I am your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother on TSN's Overdrive. You can find me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show while you're at it as well at Locked On Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, please be sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. Leave a comment, leave a rating, and a review and uh, we'll be hosting a giveaway once we get 50 reviews in. So let's get those reviews in and let's win some prizes. Uh, Jam-packed episode today because we had a lot of news come down over the weekend. So we'll get to that. And then a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by Sarah Avampato from the Locked On NHL podcast, um, acting as our Columbus Blue Jackets expert for today. So she'll be putting her Blue Jackets cap on and we're going to kind of preview a little bit um, throughout the week, actually, we're going to have her on, and today's podcast specifically, we're just going to take a look at the roster compositions because, well, the teams have entered the bubble, and they, they've taken the teams that uh, that they will be using for the playoffs. The 31-man rosters have now been chosen, selected, and have gone into the bubble. So we kind of go through each of those for the Maple Leafs, and then we also go through, um, you know, kind of some of the players that were were snubs or some of the players that surprised you a little bit uh, for both teams, I guess, as, as we are kind of doing a little bit of a preview type thing. So that's going to be on today's, and then throughout the rest of the week, we'll do more previews where we take a look at some X factors, so where we take a look at, uh, you know, who we think will end up winning the series, our predictions, and more comparison type stuff uh, but today we'll be focusing on on the rosters for each team and, and what they'll look like going into the Stanley Cup playoffs or I suppose the qualifying round uh, but before we do get to that I do want to discuss some of the news and notes from around the league because as I said it was kind of a big weekend and, and a lot of stuff kind of went down you know as other than all the teams going into the bubble um some big news came out this morning, and it's a positive news, pun intended. Uh, zero COVID cases reported by the NHL today. Zero. So everyone's going to be heading into the bubble, assuming that they are all correct, I suppose. But they're all going to be heading into the bubble completely clean. That's that's big news. That is really, really big news. And, and, and that just means that this could work, folks. We could end up going all the way through and crowning an NHL Stanley Cup champion with none to very little uh, scares due to a COVID outbreak within the NHL because everyone's going into these bubbles, which are going to be tight. These hub cities have kept it really, really, really tight. And uh, it, it just, I, I feel like, especially with kind of what happened, the news that broke today in baseball, where the Marlins, if you guys haven't heard yet, the Marlins had, I think, nine players and then three coaches as well, I believe. It was up to like 13 or 14 players on the team. Test positive yesterday, go on to play the game, and then now today, the, that final number came out and, and it became public that they were positive and also played. And uh, so the Marlins season now kind of being questioned. Their, their game tonight has been canceled. Also, the Phillies game canceled because they played them last night. Uh, so now there's, there's a little bit of uncertainty going on in Major League Baseball. And if you recall, they are the one sports league out of the four major sports that did not do a bubble format. 
Now, is it going to be really tough for them to do? Because A, uh, MLB ballparks are massive, and they have to do a full regular season with 30 teams, and that just is, it just would have been too much for them. It, it wasn't as easy as the playoffs are, considering they'll have to play different teams all the time, and they play every single day. So uh, the fact that we are in a bubble and we're not out and about, and the, the hockey, the NHL are now going in completely clean, that's a good sign. Really, really good sign, and I feel like uh, this this could work. So that's one thing. The second thing, too, there were a couple of players that had yet to join their teams for Phase 3, and one of them is Boston Bruins star David Pasternak, who, for whatever reason, decided not to join them yet, uh, but he did end up reporting, and he did get into the bubble with the Bruins, so he's going to be there um, as they attempt to try and go through and make another run at the Stanley Cup. So that's going to be big because I, for some reason I was just like, I wonder if Pasternak becomes that star player who just decides he's not going to play. Like I thought there might have been one. Uh, there were a couple of players that, that decided to, to, uh, to opt out of this season for, for other reasons, but it really, other than I believe Travis Hamanick, um, it, it just kind of seemed like everybody else were just guys who were kind of on the roster bubble anyways um, and didn't think that they would get some meaningful playing time and didn't want to risk it, which full I give them full credit for doing that. It's a tough decision to make to kind of to, uh, to decide that. But honestly, I probably would have done the same thing. But Pasternak, obviously, not in that boat. He is a superstar in this league, and he did eventually join his team, and he's now in the Toronto bubble. Um and that's big for Boston, obviously, for, for many things, because Pasternak's one of their best players and uh, one of the best you know scorers in the league, obviously tying uh, with 48 goals with Alex Ovechkin for the Rocket, which only one more than Austin Matthews. Uh, another really big piece of news that came out over the weekend, uh, John Chaka quitting, quitting as the general manager of the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Could you imagine quitting the dream job of being a GM of an NHL team? Like, there are so many people in this world where that is that is all they want to do, and you just sat there and said, I don't know, I, I want to do something else. And he just up and quit right before they head off into the playoffs. Like, it just made no sense. And, and apparently this was kind of, uh, there was some rumblings for weeks, I guess, within the organization about whether or not his head was in the game. There was a rumor that he was kind of looking at a different job, that he had been approached about a different job. And uh, Elliot Friedman and his 31 Thoughts uh, really went into it pretty in-depth about all the information that he was able to find out on the situation. So um, I, I would definitely go and recommend you read that. It came out today. Uh, so a, a couple of notable things, I suppose, that I, that I gleaned from it that I'm going to discuss is, yeah, just again, apparently this was over the course of the last couple of weeks, this has been a growing thing. And the timing is just really bad, but he wasn't going to go into the bubble because he wasn't sure if he was going to be with the organization anytime like like in for the next little bit. So that was uh kind of why I think it ended up coming to light now because that conversation had to happen before they went into the bubble. Um so that's one thing. A second thing is it seems like the job that he is uh going after or looks like the job that he'll be taking is with, it, it, there's still no definitive job, but it sounds like it's with a major role with a company with multiple holdings within the sports uh, within the sports realm. So 
you know, whether he's going to be a president of a major, major sports uh, enterprise, kind of like like an MLSC type deal where he could be a president there as opposed to just being, you know, a general manager for, for one team. Maybe he just has bigger and better things that he wants to do. Keep in mind, this is a guy who um, came from an analytics background. He he grew an analytics company right from kind of down the road for me in St. Catharines, uh, where him and his family kind of grew at uh, Stathletes. And that's kind of how he got his name uh, really started getting circulated within the NHL. He just became kind of an analytics guru and, and really built his company from the bottom up. And I think maybe that's the chase that he was missing as a general manager because there's just, it's, it's obviously different, right? Like being a GM, maybe just wasn't involved in love with the whole scouting and, and building a team. I think he just wants to build a business. I, I feel like that's what maybe uh, gets his gets him excited at the end of the day so it's really peculiar timing just because again it is legitimately the day that they were heading toward to, to go to the bubble it gets announced that he's leaving they finally end up issuing a statement saying that John Chayka has quit uh, the team and uh, so they'll be looking for a new GM funny enough uh, it was mentioned in in the 31 thoughts that apparently Peter Shirelli, former GM of the Edmonton Oilers and Boston Bruins, is reportedly being considered. So that would be interesting. Uh, I don't think that'd be a very good idea because you saw the train wreck that he did in Edmonton. And I, I just, I don't know. I think that Shirelli needs to take a little bit of time off, kind of reassess some things before he gets back into uh, into a, a general manager's role. Maybe I don't know. It's, it's tough, though, because once these guys who are so seasoned as GMs, they don't want to move backwards and kind of go back to being an AGM at all. Um, kind of like how coaches, they'll go, they'll be an assistant for a year and then end up getting themselves a head coaching job a year or two after that and, and getting themselves back into things. I don't know if that really happens much in the NHL. It seems like you kind of get one kick at the can as, as a general manager. And from there, you either succeed and you're there for a long time or you find yourself uh, out of the league and you know, you're know you lucky if you do end up finding another position. But rarely do they ever go like take a, a a diminished role within a different organization i know shirelli did i can't remember which where he is right now i believe st louis uh, but they're never like a long-term view they are always looking to become general managers or presidents uh, elsewhere all the time so i don't know if 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 that's something that i'd want them to do to be quite honest with you but I've always been a fan of Mike Gillis, to be quite honest with you, uh, to be maybe a, a GM or a president, but we'll see what happens there. That's going to be a very interesting storyline to kind of follow over the next few weeks. Um, well, I, it probably won't end up getting too serious into things until the season's over, I guess. I, I would assume like there's a lot that they'll have to go through to try and figure out who the next GM of the Coyotes are going to be. Uh, all right, the last thing that I kind of picked out of 31 Thoughts as well uh, is Leafs-related. And it was interesting, uh, Elliot Friedman coming out saying that uh, the Leafs are considering loaning Jaeger Korshkov to the KHL next season. 
I know what you're thinking, like, oh, if he goes to the KHL, he's not going to be able to play at all next year. Like, why would they want to do that? He's a player who might be able to come up and play some NHL games. He did get a few games in this year. Also, I thought that he was playing pretty good with the Marlies, uh, and I think that having him here in North America in the AHL would probably be better for his development. But the key word there is loan. So they're not sending him there. He's not going there willy-nilly. They're going to loan him which essentially allows him to come back whenever the AHL season starts. So I think a big reason for this is just because the KHL season is supposed to start. It might end up getting delayed a little bit, like a few weeks, but it, it, it will start roughly in, in October-ish area. So he'll get a couple of weeks or a few months into the season before you know the NHL and the AHL get going again. So he'll be able to kind of be mid-season form when the NHL starts back up again or the American League starts back up again then he could come back from his loan and uh, he won't have he won't have missed those three months of uh, of of development so I think that's actually a pretty savvy move by Kyle Dubas to to do that if that is the case and I'm curious if we're going to see some more of this I think there are some other players that not only just with the Leafs but around the league that will find themselves you know over in Russia or on loan to Sweden or any of these other European leagues that are expected to start up in September or October and kind of how uh, that's all going to end up breaking down but at the same time I feel like the other team, the opposing teams are going to have to accept it. And what are you going to do if, if you end up bringing in five or six guys on loan and then halfway through the year they leave your team? Like now you're looking to, to fill, you know, a third of your team back with, with guys who haven't been there and it could just screw with the chemistry. So I don't know, maybe teams out in, in Europe aren't uh, as committed to helping the North America, the, 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 uh, the NHL, just because... You know, they have their own team, their own franchise, their own business to worry about at the end of the day. So we'll see. But that's the storyline that I'm going to be interested in in seeing and seeing if something like that happens over the summer. Um, I could see a player, like a young player, like uh, Philip Zadina over in Detroit who hasn't played since, what, since March and isn't expected to play again until December or January like for a 19 year old kid I don't think that is that's going to be good for his development so maybe he's in a, in a position where you know he goes over to Russia or he goes over to, to, to play in the Czech League um, and gets a couple of months there just to keep playing hockey and 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 try and develop and progress there and then comes back once the NHL starts up and I could see that happening with a bunch of other players around the league as well but that is just something that I want to talk about quickly because it was a, an interesting little nugget that I noticed uh, inside the 31 Thoughts um, blog. And again, if you don't read 31 Thoughts on a weekly basis and you're a hockey fan, you're missing out because Elliot pretty plugged in all around the league and always, always uh, finds some really good nuggets or there's some really good stories there as well. So definitely go check those out. Uh, okay, so let's uh let's take a quick break here when we come back i'm going to bring in sarah avampato uh from locked on nhl podcast and we'll kind of get into the rosters that the Leafs will be sending into the bubble uh and also the roster that columbus will be sending and uh, we'll see which of the two rosters that are going to be pitted up against each other and how they stack up against each other and uh how excited we are about the return of hockey, which is less than a week away. Super excited for it. 
But before we do get to that conversation, I do want to tell you guys about today's show sponsor, Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, price at RockAuto.com are always reliable low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers so why spend up to twice as much for the same parts head out to uh, rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on on the how did you hear about us box that they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low pricing all the parts a car will ever need visit rockauto.com all right, joining me today, I have a very special guest. We have Sarah Avampato, uh at Right Sarah, or Right Said Sarah on Twitter. Uh, she's from the Locked On NHL podcast, also the Locked On Kings podcast, but kind of putting on her uh, Blue Jackets cap on today because we're going to be previewing the series between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, Sarah, welcome to the podcast once again. Thank you. I've got my very stylish uh, Columbus Blue Jackets hat on. It is very old timey looking and I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to ready to do this. So if you are now uh, a Blue Jackets uh, extraordinaire and you know everything about the Blue Jackets, which I assume that you 100% do by now, I got to ask oh, you, obviously. are you a fan of the canon or not? We're going to go with it depends. Um, I like it because I, I think it's quirky. It's something that is very unique to the Blue Jackets. It's always a conversation point. Having been to Nationwide Arena, it does scare the crap out of you, even though you know it's happening. Um, I love how mad people get about it. But as someone who has watched their team be scored on by Columbus and had to listen to that canon. I definitely get why people hate it. But since I am the Blue Jackets person today, gotta love me some canon. <laughs> Fair enough. I guess I guess we'll take that as as an answer. Um, so we had some really, really uh, interesting news kind of drop today. Uh, well, I guess not news. We knew it was coming, but all of the teams are now in the bubble. So both the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Columbus Blue Jackets have entered the Toronto bubble and they announced which 31 players that they will be bringing. Uh, so we're going to go through each of those teams to see who basically is going to be uh, taking part in the playoff series between the Jackets and the Leafs. That is a, a week today, which you'll be listening to this technically on Monday. So six days from now, if you're listening to this on Monday. Um, so let's go through really quickly and talk about uh, the rosters that were chosen for each team. So I'm going to go down the list and, and just quickly meant uh, just quickly go through the entire roster for the Leafs. Uh, so Kyle Clifford, Pierre Engvall, Freddie Gauthier, Zach Hyman, Andreas Janssen, Kasperi Kapanen, Kerfoot, Mulligan, Marner, Matthews, Mikheyev, Nylander, Patan, Robertson, Spezza, Tavares. And then on D, they got Barry, CeCe, Dermott, Hull, Marincin, Muzzin, Riley, Rosen, Sandine, and Timothy Lilligren, and I'll get back to that in a second because that one is an interesting one. And then also they're bringing four goalies, which is something I was curious to see what teams would do, whether it's three goalies or four goalies. The Leafs opting to bring the extra goaltender as opposed to the extra skater. So they got Freddie Anderson, Jack Campbell, Kazmir Kaskasuo, and Joseph Wall. 
I do want to go back to Timothy Lilligren though, um, because Sarah, I'm not sure if you were really following what was going on in Leafland, but Lilligren hasn't been there for phase three. Like he was one of those guys who was declared unfit to play early on, which kind of sounded the alarm a little bit about, you know, does he have COVID? Like he came from Sweden and I mean, we all know kind of what ended up happening in Sweden over the last couple of months. So there was a little bit of a worry there. And then today they kind of just dropped the news that, yep, Timothy Lilligren will be back for phase four and is joining the team in the bubble. And I thought that was kind of bizarre and quirky. But that being said, I think it's huge because he's a player that I think can play in this lineup. And I would rather him over Cody Cece uh, because Cece just can't really play hockey anymore at the NHL level, in my humble opinion. Uh, So Lilligren was the one guy who was kind of a surprise, not because I don't think he's good enough, because I think he is, but just because I didn't think that he was fit to play, and apparently he is now. Is there anybody on uh, the Blue Jackets roster that kind of surprised you a little bit or was left off of the roster that is making some noise over in Columbus? So one of the biggest surprises on the roster is Josh Anderson because he has not been able to play uh, play since – I'm looking up the stats here. <laughs> I had it well, and then an I lost injury. it. Yeah, he yeah, had an injury for – a yeah, lot, like a long time this season, he missed. Yeah, a long time and then he, he has back. he has not played. Yeah, he has not played since December. Uh, he had so- shoulder surgery and was um, basically assumed his season was over. But thanks to this layoff, it looks like he could potentially be an option in the future. Right now, there's no plans for him to play against the Maple Leafs. He's still kind of easing his way back in, but. They wanted to have him on the roster, A, in case he does progress a little more quickly, uh, that he could jump into that series, and B, you know, if they left him off the roster and added him later or didn't bring him with him to the bubble, uh, you know, he would have to go through that additional quarantine period, and they didn't want that. They want him to continue to be skating with the team, to be practicing with the team, and getting that work in. So he, he is on the roster. He just is probably not expected to play. But for Blue Jackets fans who are missing him, uh, he does play a kind of very physical, heavy style of, of play and was a really instrumental player in that uh, uh, unforgettable se- uh, sweep of, Tor- of uh, Tampa Bay in last year's playoff. He was just, you know, took his game to a whole other level. And I think people were excited to see what he could have done this season if he hadn't been hurt in since December. So he is a kind of surprising addition just because I think a lot of people expected that we wouldn't see him again until next season. Uh, In terms of players who were left off the list, the big name who uh, has been maybe sort of snubbed, I don't think he's far enough in his career yet to really truly be considered a snub, but Cole Sherwood was left off, off the list. He is um, 23-year-old uh, forward for the Blue Jackets and got into a few games with them, had a pretty strong camp. But the the real issue is that there's just actually kind of a log jam in sort of the, the role that he would be playing. He's definitely more of a fourth liner type, uh, you know, a, a more gritty kind of player. And they just have enough of those already. So he sort of lost out in terms of a numbers game, but uh, put together a really strong showing and was pretty much one of the last cuts before they officially 
uh, announced the roster on Sunday. Um, really for the Blue Jackets, the most important thing is that everyone is healthy again and all of the names on the roster are people who you thought would be playing, but you maybe haven't seen for, you know, several months because they were all hurt at the end of the season. Uh, so for Blue Jackets fans, the biggest thing is the number of guys that they are getting back who are finally healthy uh, thanks to this layoff uh, that they had to, you know, work out their injuries and everything. Uh, you're going to be seeing a lot of guys who would have been in doubt for the playoffs had they happened when they were supposed to happen. Yeah, and I think that's really going to be big for both teams. Like, you look at Toronto, and there's a, a few guys who were thought to be out for the season. Like, Andres Janssen, uh, he's going to be into the bubble, and it doesn't look like he's going to play in the first round or in the opening round against Columbus, much like Josh Anderson. But he's going to be there, and if they can make it into round two, uh, they're looking like that would be what they're aiming for to, to, to have Janssen. Ilya Mikheyev is a guy who was injured all season. We haven't seen him since about January, so he's going to be coming back and and he's slotting into a top six role. You know, I think that the rest uh, that's, that was given to Morgan Riley is going to allow him to excel in this playoff series and kind of get more to what we saw from him a season ago when he kind of was making some noise about possibly getting some Norris votes as well. Uh, so I'm excited to, to see that hopefully he can try and revert back to that type of type of player uh, because this season he just he played a lot of it injured like even when you know he was out there doing his best but you could even see after games like he was legitimately hobbling around the locker room um, like every single game or after every single game hobbling around walking through uh, the the parking lot to for practice and you know I think that this long layoff is is going to do wonders for a lot of players and Morgan Riley is one of them especially uh, that is I think is going to be beneficial for having this long layoff um, and I just think that the health factor is going to help with a lot of uh, just a lot of players just allow them to kind of re-energize and, and, you know, get themselves up to snuff. I think Jason Spezza is another guy who, uh, you know, he's getting older a little bit. I'm sure that he's going to be a lot fresher going into the playoffs than he would have been if he would have had, you know, eight months worth of really, really strong hockey and then had to do another couple of months where at that point you're really just playing off of adrenaline where now, you know, he had a long layoff and now he could come in refreshed and try and, and, and get going. So I think this, that's uh that's going to be a storyline, not only for this series, but a lot of series. I think Jake Gensel too, over in Pittsburgh, he's going to be back for them. And there's just so many more um, that, that I could name that are going to be back when everyone thought that that was it for the season. But now that everything got extended into August, you're just going to see all these players end up returning and trying to make a cup run. And I'm excited. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Like I think that Ilya Mikheyev uh, is a super, super interesting player. And we're going to have you on uh, over the next couple of days. And we'll be chatting about this series as we preview it for basically the next few days throughout uh, we'll we'll kind of splice it up into little segments here and there and one of them we're going to talk about you know who are the guys that you're going to want to watch in this series and one of them spoiler is going to be Ilya Mikheyev um, so I, I think it's going to be a lot of a lot of fun it's going to be a great series I'm really really looking forward to it uh, one last question that I do want to ask you about the roster um, and it, it's it's really I think a question that everybody has right now because the Columbus Blue Jackets have yet to name a goalie 
Are they close to naming a goalie? What are you hearing? What are you reading? Are the Leafs going to be shooting on Jonas Corposalo, or are they going to be shooting on Elvis Merzlikens? Because in my opinion, they're both pretty good goalies. But, like, Merzlikens seems like he could be a superstar in this league, and I'm, I'm just surprised that they haven't named a goaltender yet. And I think that that might be, like, 75% John Tortorella, like, psychological trolling. gamesmanship. Like, yeah, trolling. <laughs> like, I feel like that's probably it. Um, part of it might be not wanting to put pressure on Elvis Merzlikens, who struggled when he first came into the NHL, uh, kind of under the weight of all of the expectations. And he has even been vocal about the fact that he was kind of putting too much on himself and just having a really hard time recovering from bad games and knowing that he, he, he or Corpusalo, neither of them have ever, have ever played in the playoffs. And so this is a lot of weight, a lot of expectations for them. And so maybe leaving it vague is their way of trying not to like psych out either of their goalies. Uh, and when it comes down to it, I think that it will probably be Elvis, but in the Blue Jackets, like in their last few scrimmages, he started to struggle. And so I feel like they've never both been kind of on the same page. And I think that whoever the eventual starter ends up being is probably going to have a pretty short leash, uh, which has got to be frustrating for fans, for the team, uh, for the players. But I, I think that it could be a concern if one or both of them is not dialed in because when they're both dialed in, especially Elvis, like can be a real game breaker. Like he put up really great, like great numbers, had that shutout streak going, um, was just, you know, a brick wall in net when he was finally figuring everything out and adjusting to, you know, the different angles of, you know, coming to smaller ice in North America and all of that. Um, I think that he once he figured it out, he was great. Uh, they also had issues with injuries at goaltenders. So it was like neither of them was ever necessarily healthy at the same time or for long enough stretches of time to really know uh, who, who was going to win the role of starter. They kind of platooned not out of, um, you know, strategy, but out of necessity of not having one of them healthy for the whole year or anything. So My guess is that it's going to be Elvis. I think that he, like you said, has the potential to be a star in this league. I think that he is probably who Columbus wants to invest in as their goalie of the future. But I think that if he struggles, Tortorella is not going to, you know, pull any punches and be like, well, we're just going to wait and see how he figures it out. Like he's going to pull him. uh, I think no questions asked. Yeah. I don't think that two players who are basically rookie, I think, Elvis is a rookie, Corpusalo in his second mm-hmm. season in the NHL, I suppose. I, I don't think that either of them have enough clout in this league to to kind of command the net for a full series, even if they're struggling. I think that's opposite in the Leafs net. I think no matter what, we're going to see Freddie Anderson starting every single game, even if he gets lit up three, four, five, six goals uh, it, over games one and two, he'll still get run out there for game three. Although you may not like that being a, a big fan of Jack Campbell, I, I can almost guarantee you that we'll, we'll see a lot of Fred Anderson uh, in net for, for the Maple Leafs. Uh, all right, Sarah, uh, a lot of fun here talking about this. We'll be back tomorrow where we will definitely chat again tomorrow. We'll kind of talk about 
the season series that went on earlier this year because they haven't played since October. They played twice in the first few weeks of the season and then haven't played again. They were supposed to play uh, after, you know, the co- all of COVID hit, and then obviously that didn't happen. Uh, so now we're getting a chance to to watch these two teams go at it once again. And a lot has changed for each of these two teams since then. So we'll get into that tomorrow. But, Sarah, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. All right, that is going to do it for us here today, Sarah. That was fantastic. Uh, Thank you so much once again. And again, you can go check her out also on Twitter uh, at RightSaidSarah. She kind of covers all around the NHL and is also on the Locked On NHL podcast with myself and four other uh, hosts around the, the Locked On NHL podcast network. Um, All right, I think that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Locked On Leafs, a podcast on all podcasts and platforms to receive daily Leafs content. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where me and the four other hosts, including Sarah, uh, we discuss the latest news around the entire league Uh, As for this show, I will be back with another episode for you tomorrow. But until then, keep locked right here on Locked on Leafs.